This is Sydney. And I'm Cher. And each week we get together to share with you a message of hope. It is through our own study and our personal experiences that we offer the reminder to not only seek the light, but be the light. You can find peace and there is hope. And as long as one of us is slightly caffeinated, there will be laughter. Today's topic is gratitude. I'm grateful for your intro. Thank you. And we're so glad you're here. I'm forging my way through the tip, tip, top. I'm living my life through the drip, drip, drop. All right, Sydney, let's talk about gratitude. What have you got? When we were deciding on a topic this time, we wanted to do something really different for Thanksgiving. (laughs) And we thought, what if we did gratitude for Thanksgiving. I bet no one's ever thought of that yeah, before. Like, this will be so original. I'll get downloaded just over and over. People will be like, what? <laughs> Did they talk about the pilgrims? <laughs> get out. We're so original, just like everybody else. <sighs> okay. I think I'm going to get this rolling with a quote I heard as a child. What if the only thing you woke up with was what you prayed for the night before? Have you heard that one? I've heard it's been said over and over. It's been around. Yeah, it's been around. I don't recall it, but I just had a stroke. So who knows? Yeah, that explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we had a camera of Sydney's face. I had a stroke apparently years ago and didn't realize it. But now that it really did happen, I'm going to use it as the excuse for the way. Everything. I I will too. I'll be like, sorry, I'm late. Cher had a stroke. (laughs) It's really affected my life. (laughs) But I thought to myself, what if really you only woke up with what you prayed for the night before. You better be very thoughtful about what you pray for. And that's why every night I'm very dedicated to praying and gratitude for things I'm grateful for, because just what if that's true? So I thank God for caffeine immediately, because I can't wake up without that. (laughs) Breast augmentations. (laughs) TMI. (laughs) My family. (laughs) Gosh, They're going to be like, did I really get third place? It doesn't matter what order It's just that it's been said. (laughs) I'm grateful I like to overcook chicken. I know no other way. (laughs) Good thing I can get that down. (laughs) I'm grateful I'm a world traveler. I went to Paris. I'm grateful for leggings. God's like, can we take her off the earth yet? The angels are like, well, she hasn't completed her mission yet. He just probably doesn't want to hear about Paris. So he's like, keep her down there for as long as possible. I bet God has me on mute sometimes. (laughs) I'm not offended. What did you say? Mute. 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 (laughs) I see what you did. I'm going to try to play it off as if I got it immediately. (laughs) But I didn't. What do you have for gratitude? (laughs) You know, you listing what you're grateful for made me appreciate my list more. (laughs) So thank you for sharing that. I hope it did the same for all the listeners. (laughs) Well, of course, I'm a history teacher. I got to talk about the pilgrims, right? Right. That's back to making this original. Yeah, really original. That's how I roll. It is Thanksgiving week, so happy Thanksgiving. And of course, we need to talk about the pilgrims. So the pilgrims left England in the year 1620 because they wanted religious freedom. And they were looking for a place where they could freely worship God. They came across the ocean on the Mayflower. Out of the original 100 men, women, and children that landed at Cape Cod, Massachusetts, only 50 survived the first winter. They were not prepared for Massachusetts winter. I don't think I am prepared for a Massachusetts winter. (laughs) All right. Well, then you and I would be part of the 50 that probably didn't make it. Mm, First one to go. Yeah, me too. You can't be the first one to go. I'm the first one to go. History teacher, not math. Okay. (laughs) All right. Only 50 survived that first winter and they were not prepared and it was miserable. 
The next year, with the help of their friends from the Wampanoag tribe, they celebrated the first Thanksgiving. It was a time to give thanks to God for keeping them alive for a year. There were about 100 members of the Native American tribe there. That included their chief, Massasoit. It lasted for three days. At the first Thanksgiving, they had shellfish, lobsters, corn, bread, berries, and deer. And they even had races. And the men wrestled each other. And they had other athletic events. But most importantly, it was a time of gratitude and prayer. Edward Winslow was one of the pilgrims that was there. And he acknowledged that the first year was a little rough, but this is the quote he wrote down. Yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want. This is the purpose of Thanksgiving. It's a time to give thanks to God for his blessings and prayerfully reflect on all the blessings that God has given us. And then, of course, if you're like my family, after we say the prayer of Thanksgiving, then we eat too much and maybe watch football and play some games and get ready for Black Friday shopping. Do you Black Friday shop? Well, I'm really bad at shopping in general. So my Black Friday shopping is maybe get online, maybe go to a store and then say, I hate this and leave. That's Mm. about the extent of it. It lasts maybe 17 minutes. Yeah. What about you? I never want to stand in any line at all. And so I will tell you one time, my friend who I'm going off topic, sorry, I know this is unusual. It is. I wasn't prepared (laughs) for that today. (laughs) My friend who had a family tradition, she goes every single year without fail and she'd go with her sisters and mom. And one year she was with us though, staying. And so she's like, I got to keep this tradition alive. And I was like, you definitely do. So I woke up and I dropped her off at the store and went back home and went to bed. That's how much I care about it. She still gives me a hard time. That was like 10 years ago. (laughs) I do have to say I did stand in line once because I wanted a big fat TV and my friend Shelly, man, that girl, she outran everybody. She even jumped over a couch. She was like a little gazelle. That's amazing. I know. Did she get the TV? Yeah. I was Did like, you, you go, amazing. girl. I know. She was just like flying. I have respect for it. Except yeah. for Black Friday shopping starts in June now. So it doesn't really it's matter. true. Yeah. I <laughs> don't have to jump over couches anymore. But those were the days. Those but were the days. I think, would be so proud of us. Yeah, they really would. All this time so far from want. All this sacrifice that they've made for us so that you can jump could... over couches and get that TV, watch that football game. <laughs> exactly. What have we become? A hot mess. <laughs> That's what we've become. So for me, the most important thing about the first Thanksgiving is that even though the pilgrims did have a rough start to their life in America, they were so grateful that first year for the help from the Native Americans, that they had success in growing their crops, that they learned how to survive in a new area. They were so grateful for that, and they wanted to take a moment to thank God for all of their many blessings. And I think that it's important that I remember that, that I have been blessed and have been given so much and have so much to be grateful for. I mean, the stroke didn't kill me. I am grateful too. I like that you said that you take a moment because I think it's very difficult sometimes to be in a state of gratitude When you're just angry, it's just hard to be angry and grateful at the same time. And also something I'm learning is that you can't make someone else be grateful. And I'm learning that due to the experience I'm having with children, I will tell one of them that you'll probably feel happier if you find things to be grateful for. And this little human that lives under our roof is like, I cannot think of one single thing to be grateful for. Can you please give me some of that fresh bread? 
<laughs> Would you mind tucking me into my electric warm blanket? <laughs> We're going through the stage. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to help him. I'm like, well, what if you write down a few things that you're grateful for every morning? And you would already be doing that, little kid, if you were listening to your mother's podcast. <laughs> but you're not, which is fine. I'm grateful for other things. But what if you started writing a few things down? And he, I mean, this child, I don't want to share the gender because then someone might find out which kid it is. And I would never want to do that to him. <laughs> anyway, but he refuses. And I recently had an idea that I can't force him to be grateful but I can show him gratitude. So every morning I have been picking this kid up that will also get rid of who it might be because my oldest is way too big for me to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been picking him up and holding him and I've been telling him reasons why I'm grateful for him. I'll just hug him and love on him and say, I'm so grateful that you this, that you this, that you're this. And it has helped our mornings times 100. Yay. It has changed everything. So I have this thought as I've been trying to prepare to be grateful and talk about being grateful that you can't make someone else feel grateful, but you can show somebody gratitude and it can change the mood and the energy and the vibes. And just set the example for them because you can't change people, but you can be a really good example. I love that. That's great. Good job, mom. Thanks. But really, something I'm very grateful for is I do believe that my children have the same heavenly father that I have. And he knows them better than I know them. And he can inspire me as their mother. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. Time and time again, after praying for one of my children, I have been guided to how to help them. And it is through inspiration. It's not my own creativity, but it is being guided by my Heavenly Father who also loves my child. I'm grateful for that. I'm just going to throw it out there that I am grateful for that. That's a good thing to be grateful for. And uh, still caffeine. And... <laughs> This leads me to our question today, Sydney. Why is it good for our soul to be grateful? I read this article that said that we should practice gratitude by thinking of what we are thankful for. It could be friends, family, a sunny day, but don't forget to celebrate the small victories. That is really important that we celebrate the small victories as well. I can honestly say the last couple of months that I have celebrated the lamest things, but I needed it. It was good for my soul. When I walked a block, high five. When I drove a block, high five. When I didn't puke a day, high five. It mentioned in the article that even getting out of bed could be a victory and that you should celebrate that. And I have had those days the last couple of months where I got out of bed, I made it out to the living room or out to the kitchen or whatever, and it was a big high five. And I did try to celebrate those little victories. And I think that is important because we're all in different places. And it may seem silly to celebrate those small victories of just walking a block. But to me, it was a really big deal. And for my soul, I needed to show that gratitude. Now, in this article, it also said that research has shown over and over again that if you practice gratitude, it can reduce feelings of stress and anxiety. In fact, studies have shown that a single act of thoughtful gratitude, so one single act of thoughtful gratitude, produces an immediate 10% increase in happiness and a 35% reduction in depressive symptoms just by that one thought of gratitude. I thought that was amazing. And that is something that we can all practice every single day. If in those hard days, if you just had a stroke and your brain's not working very well, I'll be really honest. I was angry. 
I was very, very mad. And I know I said some very unkind things to people around me and the doctor because I was furious. But at some point during the day, I completely had a change of attitude. And the attitude was it could have been a lot worse. And suddenly it made it so that I felt like I could get back to me again, that I would be all right. But that was my little moment of practice. And this last couple of months, I really have found a lot to be grateful for almost on a daily basis. I've had a lot of opportunities to practice gratitude. On the same site, there was a quote from William Arthur Ward, who was a motivational writer. And he said, gratitude can transform common days into Thanksgiving, turn routine jobs into joy and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. Isn't that great? That's a great quote. It really is. I really believe this because I taught 13 to 15 year olds for 32 years. And trust me, I am far from being perfect. And there were days that, man, I had to put myself into time out because I was going to lose my brain. But the majority of days, and I mean this, the majority of days I found a reason to laugh and to be grateful that I was with some really super awesome kids. And from this experience teaching 13 to 15 year olds, I learned something that there is a lot of power in saying the words, thank you, saying the words, thank you to your family and your friends and the kid that is handing me my diet Coke from McDonald's in the morning. I love a good diet Coke from McDonald's in the morning. Caffeine again. There Mm -hmm. you go. Yeah. But that's how I lasted so long in teaching is that I found my niche and I thought it was fun and I was grateful for my students and I tried to tell them, thank you. Thank you for doing your work. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for not throwing things at me. Whatever the situation was, I always tried to tell them thank you. I noticed they would start giving that back to me and they would start showing those moments of gratitude and saying thank you. Now, it wasn't perfect, but I definitely believe it didn't hurt. And I always felt like in my room, I could create that good vibe. And that's how I lasted for such a long time teaching kids at a really difficult age. (laughs) I really believe that saying thank you and being grateful, it really can make your soul happy. I believe that too, because this morning I did wake up a little grouchy. And since I knew we were going to be recording this, I did sit in bed for 10 minutes and thought of things I'm grateful for until I felt it. I was like, okay, let's put this to the test because I'm a little grouchy and tired and let's see what happens. And I did. I said a prayer of gratitude and then I sat there and I just thought of things that I'm truly, genuinely grateful for, not just like the breast augmentation, but like actual (laughs) things (laughs) that I'm really sincerely grateful for. And I do believe that my day just went on an uphill, happy place today because I put it to the test and Trust me, it was a test because it was testy when I first woke up. (laughs) Well, and like the research said, it was an immediate 10% increase of happiness. I'll take whatever increase I can get. If it's 10%, I'll take it. And it's it's worth trying. That sounds like me in like high school. (laughs) 10%, I'll take it. (laughs) I just want to be a stay-at-home mom anyway. (laughs) No? (laughs) No, that is like the most, you've got to know your stuff. That's the most important job. It's true because I'm really bad at Legos. I'm like, I can't build Lego sets. I should try it harder. I don't know what would that be, science? I'm great at Play-Doh though and drawing and painting and glitter. Well, see, that's good. I really like the idea that you can change ordinary opportunities into blessings because along with what I was studying, you can change so many things from anger, resentment. If you get in a state of gratitude, you can change those things into 
forgiveness, and peace. If you're in a state of scarcity, you could change it to a state of abundance just by being grateful. This made me think of a talk that Thomas S. Monson gave where he brought up the point that when Christ was with a large crowd, they were hungry and they didn't have enough food to feed the crowd. And the apostles were like, hey, we do not have enough. We have some bread here. We have some fish, but it's not enough to feed all of these people. And they were in such a state of lack. And he took what they had and gave thanks for what was available. And after that, that's when the miracle came. I just love that. I'd never thought of that before, that first you need to be grateful and then the miracle can happen. That actually fits into a quote by President Nelson, who said, no matter our situation, Showing gratitude for our privileges is a fast-acting and long-lasting spiritual prescription. So not only can gratitude lead to a miracle, but it also is a medicine that will soothe my soul. He goes on to say, does gratitude spare us from the sorrow, the sadness, grief, and pain? No, but it does soothe our feelings. It provides us with a greater perspective on the very purpose and joy of life. So I was just thinking about that. If I show gratitude for my family and friends, am I showing that I understand the purpose of life and the joy that good people can bring to my life? And if I show gratitude for nature and the sunrise and the sunset, does that show gratitude for God's creations and that he created this beautiful world for me and for you, for us to live in and enjoy? And if I show gratitude for my teaching job, am I showing gratitude to God for helping me get through the good and the bad and blessing me to be able to do that job. And I'm grateful that was part of my purpose here on this earth is that I got to teach those awesome students that I had and it brought such joy to my life. And I'm sincerely asking, is that what that means? If I show gratitude for helping me through the good and the bad, then I'm showing that I understand the greater purpose and that's what brings more joy, right? Yes, I agree. It gives a greater understanding and joy to get us out of the moment and see the grand perspective. I like that idea that if we have that greater perspective, then that is medicine for our soul. So self-medicate with gratitude. Yes, (laughs) that's healthy. That is healthy. Another word that comes to mind when you were saying this is just the word remembrance. One of the talks I listened to last week by Henry Eyring, he said one sentence that I have just been marinating on for days. He said that we have a problem of not remembering. He was talking about that sometimes we forget really important moments in our life. We forget miracles. We forget about answered prayers. And it's really easy to forget. And this took me to some TED Talks that I listened to. One guy, he moved here from Africa. And he said the first few months that he lived here, when he turned water on in a faucet, he would fall to his knees in gratitude because in his town that he lived in, there was no running water. There was no clean water. And to know he could walk into a warm room and turn on a faucet and water came was mind blowing to him. And additional to that, when he turned the lights on, it was the same feeling, pure gratitude, even emotion through his whole body because he knew what it was like. He had the perspective of not having it to then know what it was like to have it. But it was interesting because he said after a few months, he forgot. He didn't remember what it was like to not have it. He became accustomed to enjoying those conveniences and he soon forgot. And it went from on his knees in gratitude on a random day for turning water on to going about his day in a hurry and in a rush. And he said he recognized this. 
he did remember. And he started putting post-its all over his house. And he would just simply write water over the faucet. And he would write lights over the switch. And he started to practice and force himself to remember what it feels like to not have it so he could then be grateful for having it. And I thought that was such a beautiful example of practicing gratitude. And additional to that, there was a woman from Ukraine who moved here. She said they were incredibly poor, but didn't know how poor they were. In fact, when they first moved here, they stayed at what she thought was a hotel and it was very nice. And their whole family got to stay there for a little while before they moved into an apartment. After a year here, they decided to celebrate that they made it for a year. They went back to the same hotel and asked for a reservation so they could celebrate in the same hotel that they stayed in when they first came to America. And the employee said, this is a homeless shelter. (laughs) They had no idea how poor they were. They found a penny on the ground and thought some very rich man must have dropped it, maybe for their good fortune, because nobody where they lived would drop a penny and leave it. The perspective was really humbling, but we so often forget when we have a problem of not remembering the things that we should be grateful for. There's a story by Gordon Green. He tells about growing up on a farm in Canada. He and his siblings would have to rush home from school and work on the farm while the other children went and played ball and went swimming. One Thanksgiving, they had an abundance of success. And his dad was very excited. He woke him up early and took the children down to the cellar. He was really excited to show barrels of apples, bins of beets, carrots packed in sand, and mountains of sacked potatoes. There was peas, corn, string beans, jelly, strawberry, and there was an abundance on the shelf. And they had quite a feast that Thanksgiving, and it was wonderful. Then, soon after this experience, electricity came to town. But they didn't have quite enough money for electricity and a new tractor that they needed. One day the father was watching his wife who was doing laundry and he said, you spend more time doing laundry than you do sleeping or anything else. And she definitely agreed. That was true. And he said, let's get electricity. And she said, we can't do that. We need to get other equipment for the farm. And he said, it's time. We need to do it. Your talents and gifts can be served elsewhere. Let's do it. So they did. And that year, it rained so much that no crops grew for most people in the farm. They had only turnips. So that Thanksgiving day, the mother said, let's scratch this. We're not going to celebrate Thanksgiving. We have nothing at all. And I'm not going to make a feast of turnips. And the dad said, I'm going to figure it out. He went out and got a jackrabbit and he brought it back home. And he said, prepare this. And she said, are you kidding me? And he said, I'm not. That's what we're going to have, turnips and a jackrabbit. She prepared it all day. So he let her get out of laundry, but made her cook. Is what I gathered from that part. It was nice. (laughs) He's like, you don't have to fold those clothes, but take care of this dead animal. (laughs) Anyway, so she prepared it and the kids refused to eat it. They said, there's no way that we're going to eat the jackrabbit. And the mom sat there and cried. And the dad, he got up and he ran up to the attic and he got an old oil lamp and he took it back to the table and he lit it. And he told the children to turn off the electric lights. When there was only a lamp again, they could hardly believe that it had ever been that dark before. And they wondered how had they ever seen anything. The food was blessed and everyone ate. And when dinner was over, they all sat quietly. And then Gordon wrote this. In the humble dimness of an old lamp, we were beginning to see clearly again. It was a lovely meal. The jackrabbit tasted like turkey, and the turnips were the mildest we could recall. Our home was so rich to us. 
I thought that was such a beautiful story of remembering. It is so good to remember. And as you were talking, I just had this thought that at one point I couldn't fill the entire right side of my body. I couldn't fill any of it. And everything's back. I'm fine. But there is one spot on my hand that is still tingly and I can't feel it. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but it makes me grateful. It's become my little reminder every time I move my hand of how far I've come and how grateful I am that my stroke wasn't worse and that I just keep getting better. And also, I'm grateful that you brought up remembering because one of the reasons why I loved working where I did is there was a homeless shelter in our school boundaries. And also we had a a lot of refugees and just bless their hearts. Those kids are so grateful for everything. There are some exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, they were so grateful for everything. Any little thing that I would do for them, they were over the top. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it just warmed my heart and the things they were grateful for that I just took for granted, like you said, electricity or flushing toilets. They loved that they got a pen or a pencil or a backpack and they were grateful that they got to use a computer. They were so joyful about it. And it always just made me so humble and grateful for truly everything that we have. They really helped me understand what gratitude means. Speaking of humble, I remember my little brother, Grady, he said something so profound to me after a few years of him being clean. I called to congratulate him and he changed the mood so much because I was just like, good job, you did it. And what he said to me is something I try to remember often. He said, I wake up every single day. I get on my knees and I pray to God to please help me get through another day. And then at night, I get on my knees again and I thank God for helping me get through another day. This has humbled me so much because he was in a position where he had to remember every day to keep going. And where I saw, good job, it's been two years. (laughs) He was a day by day by day, sometimes hour by hour, especially in the beginning for him, it was really difficult. And he lived his life every day in humble acceptance of help, and also in full gratitude for the times he received it. And it's such a beautiful way to live and humbling to watch. And then it has me reflecting on what I need to be more grateful for and just a greater perspective so that we could see the grander picture. That is fantastic advice from your brother. All of us can take that advice in practice to help us with our gratitude. That's really good. All right. To keep up with how original we're being, I thought I would add the 10 lepers in. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Here's the thought I've always had with the 10 lepers, because we talk a lot about only one out of 10 turned around to say, thank you for being healed. But I often think about those nine others because I don't think they just went away like, see you later. I'm never looking at you again. I don't think that was their attitude. I think some of them must have been so excited that they didn't even think to turn around, like so grateful. And maybe some of them rushed to tell family and friends that I'm healed and it was my savior who did it. We don't know what happened next. But I thought what I can gain from this story is that though the other nine, let's say they did go later and pray in gratitude or went and shared their testimony of Christ, which is also a great thing to do and beautiful. It's that one who I believed was living in a state of gratitude already. Maybe he was the only one who was still being grateful for his life or finding things to be grateful for. He had positioned himself to be in such a state of gratitude that when the miracle came, he was ready to say thank you. 
And it makes me wonder what I need to do to live in a state of gratitude more frequently instead of being so shocked and surprised that I run off in joy and bliss, but that I am aware to stop and pause and say thank you. I need to do that too. That's really good. It's really original. (laughs) It is original because we do need to take those moments. I need to do that. So thank you for sharing that because I needed that. So this brings us to our final thoughts. I have always love Thanksgiving. And the reason that I love Thanksgiving so much is because I've had so many absolutely just fun Thanksgivings. When I was a kid, we used to go to an armory building in a small town near where my mom grew up. And in that building, we'd play basketball and volleyball and there were pool tables and there was a school near and we could go out and play football. We basically just ran around like feral cats all day long. And of course we had tons of food and it was just fun. But I think for me, the reason I love Thanksgiving is because it helps me remember how truly blessed I am to have such amazing examples in my life that are so supportive and loving. That is what I love about this week and what I love about Thanksgiving. But most of all, I'm grateful for the knowledge that I have of God and His plan. And my purpose here is to learn and to grow as His daughter. Helen Keller, who we know was deaf and blind, said, For three things I thank God every day of my life. Thanks that he has vouchsafed me knowledge of his works. Deep thanks that he has sent in my darkness the lamp of faith. Deep, deepest thanks that I have another life to look forward to, a life joyous with light and flowers and heavenly song. That is what I want to remember most of all, and that is what I am most thankful for. I can't help but feel in the stories that you've shared, especially going through the stroke and just the stories of hardships that people went through, those are the times where people feel the most grateful. Maybe it's because we're put in a position to be forced to recognize the hand of God in the darkness, or as it's said in the story, that in the humble dimness of the old lamp, we were beginning to see clearly again. I feel we are placed in these dark moments to help us see clear that we get so frazzled and upset and in a rush and busy with things that don't matter in the grand scheme of things. But God allows us to be in the darkness so that we can see clear. There's an old French proverb that says, gratitude is the memory of the heart. And I really love this idea going along with the problem of not remembering, that when we do remember, we're remembering memories of our heart, times where maybe they were challenging, but we got through it. And we got through it with other people, or we got through it with God's help, like Grady, who kneeled morning and night and prayed for help and prayed in gratitude for that help. And our challenge for you this week is to overcome the problem of not remembering and start remembering. And we challenge you to practice gratitude. This is going to look different for different people. I have to say that a few years ago, I received a thank you note in the mail from somebody who said, I'm sorry I'm getting this to you late. I meant to send it five years ago. (laughs) That note meant so much to me. The point of telling you that is it's never too late to say thank you to someone for something. So maybe the challenge is for you to say thank you to somebody who's really done something beautiful for you or whose friendship has meant a lot to you. Reach out and say thank you. Maybe this challenge for you to remember is to sit and ask yourself, what am I grateful for? What moments in my life am I grateful for? And think about those and allow yourself to feel it and then see if the 10% is accurate, if you feel 10% happier because of it. 
And we cannot end today's episode on gratitude without a huge thank you to those who have been listening and supporting and uplifting us through text and messages. You make it so that we want to keep doing this. So thank you so much for all of your support and sending us good vibes. And thanks, Cher, for being my partner in crime in this. It's been a wonderful experience. I've learned so much and I'm doing something I never thought I could do or would do, but wanted to do. So thank you. Well, thank you, Sydney, right back at you. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great week. Like and subscribe. I'm forging my way through the tip, tip, top. I'm living my life through the drip, drip, drop. When eternity's plan, I just can't stop. I'm making my way through the drip, drip, drop. It's blooper time. I just want some recognition. 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 What is the word? That's it. (laughs) Recognition is it. Recognition. (laughs) I just want some recognition for my education. Recognition. That's what I said. Recognition. (laughs) Go it. Do it. Go it. Go it. Go it. There's a. Oh, my zipper is making. Yeah, right. I was not farting. I'd let you know. (laughs) You would know. We did eat a lot of beans this week. Lucky Um, me. I don't have gas. I'm a lady. Okay. Emotional suddenly. Don't leave that in there either. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing over there, but really. Um. But blaming it on your zipper. There's an old French proverb that says that is. I'm not wearing the zipper again. That one felt good. Really? Yeah. I like like it. It. You have an itch. Okay. And you just Do it get it itched. No. <laughs> okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great week. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>